Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain. Good to have you with me on our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming the everyday challenges we face in life. This is episode 145, the last episode of 2021. I usually take the month of December off from these podcasts. I will be doing that again this year, but I'm so happy that you are with me again. If you want to know more about me, check out LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com. You can learn more about me. We can can communicate together there, and there are many other resources for you there. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving holiday. I did, kind of quiet around my house. It's a busy time of year, Thanksgiving, my birthday's around that time of year, my mother-in-law's birthday, and my youngest son's birthday as well. So we just celebrated his 16th birthday. Happy birthday to my youngest son, Luke. And I want to talk to you today about family. I want to talk to you today about work-life balance. And I appreciate one of our regular listeners dropping this topic on me. And I think it's a great topic. It's a topic to really help us as we sort of end this year and we begin to think about maybe 2022. Here are some things I jotted down that I think contribute to the challenges of a work life or work family balance, a work and personal life balance. We have now, mainly with the pandemic, we have hybrid or remote working, the great resignation, as they call it. People just aren't returning to work. We have technology which has been around for quite a while, obviously, but it's that feeling of constant connectedness in instant real time. Workplace demands with the pressures that the Insta world, Facebook world, meta world, whatever you want to call it, can can project about having perfect children and perfect families and perfect relationships and perfect bodies and perfect skin and perfect everything. And when you start to think about remote working and the hybrid nature of that and the constant connectedness of technology, workplace demands, and the pressure for perfect everything, it can place a lot of pressure. So today I want to offer to you some tips, some ideas about how to maintain healthy work-life balance. I've been working, I got a job when I was about 16, probably like most of us, and so I've been involved in the workforce, drawing a paycheck for 34, 35 years now, I'm 51, and what I have found primarily in my, my more professional life, past the teen years of just having a job, really beginning to engage the kind of career and vocation that, you're, that, you, that you look for, hope for, want, is that usually work interferes more with your personal life than your personal life interferes with work. There's, of course, a health crises or relational crises or financial situations, something going on with your children or your best friends or your family. Yeah, that can bleed over into work and can disrupt your, your work productivity, can disrupt your focus, can disrupt your attitude, place pressure upon your relationships. But I have found that usually it's work that puts more pressure on home. And I want to share with you 10 ideas, 10 thoughts, 10 tips. I'm going to go through them quickly today to share with you 10 words for you to consider. And I don't think you should consider all 10, (laughs) nor are all 10 the comprehensive list of everything to help you in a work life or work personal life balance. 
but I do believe that these 10 words will offer you some food for thought, something that's worth exploring so that you can apply some healthy changes and maybe achieve, hopefully achieve, a better work personal life balance for the remainder of 2021 and have a much better handle on that in 2022. So here is word number one, identity. Identity. We talk about that a lot in this podcast. Identity. I love identity. It's so powerful. And um, let me just tell you what identity is not. You are not who or what work says you are. You are not who or what work says you are. And you're not not what work says you are. Meaning, don't let work and workplace relationships be the primary definer of who you are. (laughs) It's important to let work be a place where you express who you are, your values, your gifts, your talents, and your identity. It's not a place to attain identity. It is a place to express identity. When work becomes the creator of our identity, then we are erasing the line between a work, personal life balance. My number one hat, you listen to this podcast, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, and the primary identity that I believe that God has given me is that of being an image bearer of God, and I call that being a much-loved son, or in your case, maybe your much-loved daughter in God's kingdom. That is the core DNA of who I am. Now, that has multiple expressions, from my marriage, to my parenting, to my grandparenting, to my career, to my professional relationships, to my extended family relationships, all the way down to the stranger or the enemy that I may have. I have to show up first knowing who I am and allow it to be expressed in these multiple spaces. And friends, it's difficult to maintain, I would say nearly impossible, to maintain a healthy work-life balance when your work becomes the primary voice that is telling you who you are, identity. Word number two, expectations. Expectations. Be clear, if you want healthy work, personal life balance, be clear about work expectations. Just have a conversation if you haven't with your boss, your manager, your overseer. Maybe you are the boss and want to have this conversation with your team. What do you expect from them at work? Emails need to be done by a certain time. What is the, what is, what's the policy or the protocol when it comes to emails, to text, to work email, proposals, projects, bids, assessments, evaluations, etc. You want to have some really clear expectations about what your boss, your manager, or if you're the leader, what you expect from those around you. In my organization, we have clear definitions around certain language, PTO, pay time off, etc., with other things that begins to help us identify what is really going on and what we expect from other expectations. Word number three, space. This is about being diligent about dedicated workspace at home. I personally, I do have workspace at home, 
but I don't work well at home. It's too many distractions. Other stuff is going on. I'm feeling the need to meet the family's needs, take care of the kitchen, cook a meal, check in on somebody, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, it's very difficult for you. You may have a, a wonderful dedicated space where you can work at home, but you want to have a dedicated workspace. The dining table or some other space where you start to mix roles can contribute to the erosion of a work personal life balance. The reason that I believe a dedicated workspace is important is because it supports the mental shift necessary into work. You take off the husband hat, the daughter hat, the son hat, the spouse hat, the parent hat. You take it off and you put on the hat for your employment, for your work, for your business. And making that kind of mental shift can contribute to greater clarity, priority management, making calls, really getting things done. It can communicate that this space that I'm in is dedicated to this purpose and to this responsibility and communicate that to those around you. Here's word number four, fun. Have fun in your personal life. When you have fun in your personal life, it really allows you to develop a healthy um, fence or healthy boundary, which is one of our words, a healthy boundary from the work personal life balance. Having fun allows you to release the stress and the pressure that's associated with the work. Having fun allows you to release the stress and the pressure that's associated with family. Having fun really matters, and you want to have fun with those that you love. You want to have fun with your friends, fun with your family. It doesn't have to be anything expensive. Think about simple card games or board games at home. Think about making some popcorn and watching a wonderful movie together as a family. Maybe you're just sharing childhood memories and have come up with some good questions that might engage your siblings, your children, your spouse, your significant other, your family members, your friends. Have fun with those that you love. Word number five, values. It's important for you to identify your values and explore how your values can add value to your work-life balance. I have a friend of mine who has built a successful real estate and construction company in another state. And what I love about them is they did some really hard work of identifying their core values, the husband's core values and the wife's core values. And then brought those core values together. Say, what, what kind of image begins to emerge when we bring our core values together? How do they com- complement each other? How do they complete each other, not compete against each other? And when you can define your core values, as my friends did, then you start to develop a purpose statement, a personal sort of mission statement, if you will. And that mission statement for my friends, it influences their work priorities, their marital priorities, their parenting priorities, their financial investment priorities, the cash flow priorities, because their life now, all of these things revolve around this larger mission and goal and purpose. Values begin to help you develop that. Word number six is horizon. To have a healthy work-life balance, you want to see the big picture. What is the long games, the long game, the long view, the horizon that can help you manage the tyranny of the urgent? We erode the work-personal life balance often under the tyranny of the urgent, that which is pressing, most urgent, and most important. And there's a place where those things have to be done and need to be done. The 
problem is, is that we erase the boundaries, we violate our own values and relational commitments that we've made, and we no longer see the horizon. All we see is what's in front of us. Another way to say it is we see the tree in front of us, but we've lost sight of the forest. There are times, intentionally, when I, in my family and in my professional life, I have conversations with people to say, help me see the forest, because all I see is this tree or these two or three trees, and I really want to see the forest. I want to see the big picture, and seeing the big picture helps me resist the tyranny of the urgent, take a breath, see the really great things that are happening, celebrate those things, see where we need to make adjustments and progress, put a plan in place to do that, and see the big picture. It'll help you maintain a work, personal life balance. Rule or word number seven, boundaries. This is primarily about technology. Boundaries can be applied in so many areas of our lives, and they are important and they are useful. We did a podcast. I can't remember what episode it is, but we talked quite a bit about boundaries and how helpful they are. But in word number seven, boundaries, I'm mainly talking about technology. The pressure of constant access. I know a friend of mine just um, this week, we were talking about our phones and in church. And, you know, you're in church and you're wanting to open up the Bible app, for example, and, and follow along with the pastor, the speaker. But when you open your phone, you see that little red number there by your email and you click on it and it's a work-related email and somebody's needing a proposal or a bid or the boss is needing this or that. And you suddenly start getting distracted and you're feeling the press of the work and need to do this, need to do that. And a minute or two or three minutes go by and you realize, oh yeah, I was opening the Bible. <laughs> I, was actually, I was actually trying to engage something that would feed my soul, not, take a, not necessarily take away from it. We've got to find a way to keep technology at arm's length for all of the access and the amazing capacity of our devices. The devices also have within them the ability to sort of be shut off, go to airplane mode, turn off the Wi-Fi, turn the phone off, turn the ringer off, turn off the notifications. If you have a work phone, separate from a, your personal phone. Maybe you want to put the work phone away when you are at home. I don't think you want to put the phone away, when personal phone away when you're at work because of family emergencies. But there are, maybe there are times where you say, even if I have a work phone separate from my personal phone, I'm only going to check my work phone twice a day. And there are some wonderful resources out there. Michael Hyatt, Kerry Newhoff, these are some folks that have, John Maxwell have put together some wonderful resources to help you, to help us in this area of technology and boundaries. Word number eight, relationships. It's important to talk about the line between work and personal life balance with those that are most important in your life, because this is going to affect them. How many, I've seen so many marriages and relationships affected by the inability to keep a healthy work and personal life balance. So you want to talk with those most important in your life. Maybe they feel like you're working too much or you're bringing too much of that home. Or maybe you're bringing, maybe your boss thinks you're bringing too much of your personal life to the office space. You need to have conversations, create intentional space where people can share in a safe, in honest way, without judgment, so that your relationships are healthy and vibrant and fun and fulfilling, that they are collaborative and engaging and creative and synergistic, loving. Man, those kind of relationships are so powerful, and they bring the best you to the workplace and to the home. 
Here is word number nine. Be efficient. Be efficient. This is, uh, this is such a, a beautiful word. It's efficiency. This is what we're after. Word number nine, efficiency. Be efficient. Uh, let me just rattle off a few other words to help you know what I mean by efficiency. Delegate. <laughs> Delegate well. One of the great challenges and reminders that I, I give myself and some of our staff is, if somebody else can do it, then give it to them. Do only the things that you can do. And be mindful of that. Now, none of us absolutely do 100% of what only we can do. But the more that we do that, then we really delegate and empower other people. And it allows for us to be more efficient at only the things that we can do. Priority management. I think time management is important. But really, time management is priority management. What are you going to spend your time on? So the ability to identify what's urgent versus what's important, what can be delegated versus what needs to be done by me, priority management. Clarity is about efficiency. Knowing what's expected, knowing what resources you have available, knowing what authority you have to make certain decisions, knowing when the deadlines are, knowing who's available to help you, understanding with clarity what is expected of you and what you need or what is available to help you get it done, who to meet with, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Efficiency is about having good systems in place. If you, if you develop the systems, the systems will work for you. Work the systems and the systems will work for you. Good old-fashioned sweat equity. Can't get away from that. Working hard and collaboration. So efficiency, a lot of great ideas in there. Would encourage you to consider how would efficiency help you maintain a healthy work and personal life balance? When we don't delegate well and we don't work hard and we get distracted and we put things off and we procrastinate, we give our time to the things that aren't the most important, then it's not surprising that some of our work is coming home with us. It's okay if it comes home sometimes. It's when it comes home too much that you begin to remove that line of healthy work-life balance. That becomes the danger zone. Word number 10, health. <laughs> you know, you can't get around eating well, exercising utilizing supplements, having a good diet for sustained energy and focus. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated on good water. Lemon water is a good thing to stay hydrated on. Get to bed at a reasonable hour. Science also has informed us about how many times we watch our cell devices, Netflix or something like that on a device in the bedroom can disrupt your healthy sleeping rhythms. Think about keeping entertainment out of the bedroom and so that when you get to the bedroom, it is primarily for sleeping or if you're married, maybe intimacy, of course. But primarily, it's not that place of entertainment where you eat and where you watch TV and where you watch your shows and all of that. Think about having these healthy spaces and just being healthy, eating well, exercising, utilizing supplements. And when you can do that, it will allow you to bring the kind of energy to work and the kind of energy to your personal life that allows you to manage the healthy boundary between them. Ten words for a healthy work-life balance as a leader. Identity, expectations, space, fun, values, horizon boundaries, relationships, efficiency, and health. Hey, it's been a pleasure being with you in 2021. We made it, friends. We made it through another year. Proud of you. You should give yourself a round of applause for growing this year as a leader. Because as you grow, 
Your organization will grow and will get healthier, and I'm proud of you. I count it an honor to have you as a regular listener. Please share this with your friends and leave us a review. I love you, everybody. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and I'll talk to you in 2022.